sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. I am Craig Mish. It is opening day part two here on Sports Grid and on SportsGrid.com. It is great to be with you here on this Friday, July 24, 2020. The second part of our opening day extravaganza is here. And today on the show, we're going to run through every single Major League Baseball game on the board. As a matter of fact, there's a game starting in about three hours from now. We'll preview that. We'll also bring in Gray Albright, get his fantasy perspective from Razball.com coming up a little bit later in the show. We will cover everything from a fantasy perspective, betting perspective, and, of course, a reality perspective as well. We had a couple of games uh, start last night, so we'll get Joe Pizapia's thoughts on that. I'll give you mine as well as we bring in Joe on this Friday afternoon. Joe, happy opening day part two to you. What's going on? Yeah, happy opening day part two to you, Mr. Mish. And I think part two is going to be better. I'm liking the way the sequel uh, lays out here. We had a lot of expectations yesterday. We didn't get a full game in one. We didn't get Clayton Kershaw in the other one. We didn't get Juan Soto either in the first game. So I feel like the sequel to opening day actually might be better than opening day yesterday. How do you think so? Yeah, it, it was really interesting. And I, and I think the reality perspective, it was just great to have two games and I could care less if both games got rained out in two innings. I couldn't believe there was baseball on my TV after having no major sports for four months. So it was like, I don't even care what happens. I, I think the reality question, uh, a little bit different than the fantasy one. The fantasy one just keeps rearing its head. It is impossible uh, to have, I, I think, to even play a fantasy league this year. And um, look, I'm, I'm in a couple of leagues uh, I, I'm switching in guys in and out like all the way up until last night's game time for the week. It's it's going to be a very difficult uh, proposition, I think, for a lot of people this year. But, of course, we are going to cover it here for you. And the one thing that I promise to always do here on SportsGrid and do here on the show is uh, is give you as much inside info as I possibly can on every team in Major League Baseball. Break as many stories as I can all season long right here on SportsGrid to give you the edge in fantasy for sure. And as it pertains to wagering, I'll give you my best uh, ideas on all the teams of what I think that they'll do on a daily basis, weekly basis, and hopefully give you some edges there as well. But uh, going back to yesterday and going back to our top headlines today, there's no doubt the biggest story in baseball is 16 teams are now going to be making the postseason. They basically signed a deal just before they threw out first pitch last night. And so uh, basically almost everybody is getting in. This is just like the NBA. This is just like the NHL. Will this be the future for baseball? I don't know. Uh, but this is you know sort of where we're at. 60 games. May the most teams get in. Not the best teams, but the most teams. And then we'll see from there. Uh, Yankees, as Joe mentioned, did win a rain-shortened opener. A couple of bad pitches from Max Scherzer cost him the game. He struck out a lot. But really the story last night was Garrett Cole mowing down Washington Nationals, who were playing without their best player, Juan Soto, and, of course, uh, Anthony Rendon, who is gone. Uh, Soto tested positive for COVID-19, throwing everything off in that game yesterday. The good news is is that it looks like Soto's condition is quite minimal and could end up returning 
I would say, by early next week. So we'll have to see on that. Uh, Dodgers-Giants was a competitive game for about half of the game. I thought Johnny Cueto looked really good. So did Dustin May. And and then what's going to happen with a bad team? They're not going to have a good bullpen. And that's what you saw last night. The Dodgers end up crushing the Giants 8-1. to But that really wasn't the story for most of the game. I thought both starting pitchers did well. Just before that game, Clayton Kershaw went on the 10-day injured list. And so you're not going to have him in any fantasy lineup this week or next week. It's that bad back for him again. And you have to wonder what this season is even going to look like for him. And it looked so promising just a week ago. And then finally, and there's a lot of other topics in baseball today, but one that I thought was interesting was Dylan Carlson, the young prospect for the St. Louis Cardinals, told reporters that he was pretty disappointed that he didn't make the 30-man and use the words business deal in there too. And that's not something that you want to see from a rookie because, again, this is the kind of kid you want to keep long-term. It's going to be a lot harder if they got some beef with the organization. And that's where we'll start off today, Joe. Oh, is that it? Is that all the things? It seems like nothing, huh? Uh, it's right right there, that, that little discussion that I just had for the last two minutes was more than we've had in the last four months. <laughs> You're right. You're not wrong, my friend. You're definitely not wrong. Uh, I will say this, though. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, we just talked about yesterday when we were examining the difference between his ERA and his FIP. And we said, look, the FIP is close to four, but the ERA is right around three. That's a pretty big variance. What was that, Craig? Yeah, no, it certainly is. I mean, I didn't expect an injury. Nobody did, well, and that's no, going to derail a uh, fantasy team was... for sure. And by the way, there's a lot of people who are watching us out there. We also have listeners listening on Sports Grid Radio. We want to welcome them in as well to opening day part two. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, sorry about that. But no, what I'm saying is, that, you know, it's funny because in that discussion was not only look at the variance. He's not quite the same dominant Clayton Kershaw that he used to be of old, but he also does have a back issue. And back issues can always rear their ugly head. And yet again, uh, FST is very prophetic, both in the positive and negative way. We said that, and then a few hours later, boom, there was the back again showing up and rearing its ugly head, much to the chagrin of fantasy owners everywhere. And, you know, not just is, is season-long fantasy difficult right now, but I think daily fantasy, too. Also, the comment we made yesterday on the show, which is it's getting more and more like the NBA, where if you're not going to have the availability to wait and see and check in on the lineups here and who's in and who's out right up until game time, you might not want to be playing and getting your feet wet there either, Craig. Yeah, and the hardest thing to do right now is have any sort of projection in a sport where even one or two percent of the players are testing positive because you could potentially lose a big part of the lineup. And we saw it yesterday with Soto. This is the key difference between baseball and basketball right now. It looks like the NBA has got this thing completely locked down and the players that you expect are going to play. We'll have to see where football is, although there uh, certainly are some players who don't feel as optimistic. But we are staying optimistic on the subject of baseball today because it is opening day again here on the show. And coming up next, we've got this day in fantasy sports history and also our fantasy sports birthdays. And we're back on SportsGrid in just a couple of minutes. Follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, me on Twitter at Craig Mish, Joe on Twitter at JoePizzapia17. And we're right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
All right, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here. We have made it to baseball season. We've made it to Friday as well. Thank you so much for watching us all week long and listening to us on Sports Grid Radio as well. Also, just want to remind everyone who is out there, if you're watching us or listening to us for the first time, Honestly, the best way that you can learn more about what we're doing, how we're broadcasting, all the different shows that we have on is by going to sportsgrid.com. Our full schedule is there, tells you all about the shows, and better yet, on our YouTube channel, we post all the videos of everything that we discuss throughout the week. I have so many people who are telling me that they're watching the show live. I even have more of you out there who are watching the show on demand, so it's super cool. Thanks for being with us, by the way, the last few months on this ride, this very slow ride back to sports. I can assure you with baseball back and, of course, with the NBA back next week, we have a lot to cover here on Fantasy Sports Today. And as we bring back in Joe P. it's time for us to get into our This Day in Fantasy Sports History and Fantasy Sports Birthdays. And dare I say, as a young kid, one of the most iconic baseball moments that I'll never forget happened on This Day in Sports. So we'll get to those as well. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I wonder if it's the first one back in 1947 when you were it just was. a young I was, lad. I, I was eight years Brooklyn. old in 1947. Yes, that's, <laughs> yeah, that was good the one. times there for you. So let's let's get after it. Go ahead, go ahead. Let's go. Let's feel the uh, Craig Mish uh, memory wagon here. Okay, Jackie Robinson stole home like 50 times. I, I don't know how he did it over the course of his career. So many times, and, and if it happens once or twice in a baseball season. It's amazing. Uh, 1947, Jackie Robinson stole home for the first time in his baseball career. But 1983 is the one that always rings home for me. Against the Yankees, George Brett has his home run taken away for using uh, too much pine tar on the bat. And for those of you who are younger and you may not have seen this before, you may think, well, why? What's the big deal? Like, so what? You know, he, he had a home run taken away. There was no better baseball reaction Joe, in the history of baseball, than George Brett reacting to that home run being taken away. Later on, the Royals protested. They ended up winning the protest, and they had to go back and play the final inning of that game the next day. Uh, one, and, and if I'm not mistaken, the Yankees put like pitchers in the outfield and things like that just to make it a joke. It, it was, uh, you know, one of those. I, I think that's what George Brett is known for most. <laughs> well, it might be in terms of uh, big time moments, but George Brett was look one of my all time favorite players, my favorite third baseman of choice. Anytime you give me a team to roster, uh, and uh, the story goes that he was in the dugout and saying, "Hey, if they do this, you know what I'm gonna do? If they throw me out of this game, I'm gonna." And no long sooner did he get the "I'm gonna" that they threw him out of the game. And he lost his yep. mind. It is great. He goes, he reaches for the bat. He tries to grab it. I love George Brett. George Brett is a ball player. He probably smells of pine tar. George Brett is awesome. The guy hit almost 400 one year. The guy's just got pine tar. He's got the chaw in his mouth. He's got the whole thing going on. He looks, sounds, probably smells, I'm just guessing, like a ball player. And I love this dude. And this is a great moment there. And this was also planted, too, because the Yankee manager, Billy Martin, at the time said, I'm going to get him on that pine tar thing one of these days because Billy Martin's one of these guys always looking for the weird edge, whether it be right or wrong. And he found one here and he found this moment and he got in Brett's head. But uh, it was a short lived protest at that. But you're right. One of the great iconic moments, George Brett running out in the field. And that just tells you what kind of a what kind of a passionate guy he was, how he wanted to win so much. Yes, no doubt, and a great Hall of Famer as well, and uh, managed the Royals for like two days. All right, uh, 1987, <laughs> Boris Becker defeats John McEnroe in the longest Davis 
Cup match ever. These two battled it out. Boris Becker is uh, one of the great young players of all time. Of course, McEnroe, both of these guys are all-time tennis players for sure. 1993, Anthony Young of the New York Mets lost his 27th consecutive game in a row. If you go back on demand, we actually touched on Anthony Young uh, a few weeks ago, and certainly this was more bad luck than anything else. He was not a bad pitcher. He just had some historically bad luck in baseball. And then finally in 2005, Lance Armstrong wins his seventh career or seventh consecutive Tour de France. And of course, he had to vacate a few later on, but that's, you know, a story for uh, another day, another documentary, which we've seen. Uh, but certainly, Joe, um, Anthony Young, I thought was really unlucky uh, on that chase that he had to all those consecutive losses. It was a real shame. He absolutely was. Uh, look, AY was not that bad of a pitcher, like you said. And the problem is, back then, wins were more important and considered more important by the general baseball public than they are now. The the general baseball pub- public has really learned and grown a lot more, and fantasy has a lot to do with that. What's the guy's whip? What's his ERA? What's his FIP? Like, what are these sure. other underlying numbers that tell us how good he is? If he's winning or losing games, that's not all on AY. Now, some of it might have been on Anthony Young, no doubt. There's some days where he might have gone out there and not had it. Oh, yeah, he wasn't great. And- it wasn't yeah. great, but he wasn't as bad. Let me put it to you this way. This streak basically, I feel like, ran him out of the league as a serious pitcher. And I think that's unfortunate because defense, bullpen, offense, so many other things go into the W, Craig, that I just think it's unfortunate. And the Lance Armstrong thing, too, you know, you glazed over the documentary there. I did watch both one and two part of the Lance Armstrong documentary. It was fascinating. I told you I almost turned it off in the first 30 seconds because I found him that off-putting as a human being in the first 30 seconds of that documentary. But I'm glad I finished the whole thing because I learned a lot about that whole thing about cycling. And also, it really asks a lot of great questions about what good can come out of bad. And so many good things that that organization did for people who had cancer and so many lives that were saved because of him and because of what he did, even though what he did crossed the line, it was almost basically... I don't know, a given in the sport at the time, it is a really great case study in shades of gray. And I encourage people out there to watch it because it is a fascinating four hours. Yeah, um, no doubt. Armstrong is one of the most polarizing sports figures we've had in the last couple decades. All right, this day in fantasy sports, birthdays for July the 24th. We'll lead off with Hall of Famer Carl Malone, of course, of the Utah Jazz, later on with the Houston Rockets. And boy, uh, hard to get better than 1964. Barry Bonds, arguably uh, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, maybe the, the greatest player that I've ever seen play, was born back in 1964. Uh, the uh, Pouncey Twins, born in 1989, both very good offensive linemen in the NFL as well, uh, born on this day. 1994, Philip Lindsay, who uh, you know a year or two ago was was basically looking like he went from nothing to a superstar in the NFL, and now he's got a lot of competition there this year for sure the Broncos uh, backfield. And then 1996, Joe Mixon, the great running back with the Cincinnati Bengals. We're still kind of waiting to see how his contract situation is going to play out. But look, it's a, it's a big historical day to have a, Barry Bonds and Carl Malone both on the same day of birthdays. I think we'll take that any day. Yeah, this is a huge day. And look, uh, enhancements aside, I really don't care. Barry Bonds is the all-time home run leader, like it or not. And I know a lot of people don't like it. Baseball is just not that simple of a game. It's not that easy, okay? Uh, And the fact that he's also the all-time walk leader tells you that uh, when you look at sluggers, typically there's a lot of strikeouts in there because guys are trying to hit home runs and guys are swinging for the fences. The efficiency number of home runs for Barry Bonds is just unthinkable. That's how great of a hitter he was. Everyone wants to talk about Ted Williams being the greatest hitter of all time, and that's probably true. But you know what? 
if it's not him, then it's probably Barry Bonds. And uh, look, I understand another personality that a lot of people don't like, and rightfully so. But at the same time, Craig, you have to look at the body of work, the stolen bases, the home runs, everything that he did. Uh, enhanced or not, it is spectacular when you look back on it. Yeah, and really, there's no argument for me against any of that. The only problem that Barry has had and continues to have is he's a hard guy to like. You know, he is a hard guy to to gravitate to as a fan because he has been, you know, so. And maybe he's different now. I don't think so. He wasn't with Miami when he was a coach, but he's more or less a miserable guy. Like that's just the way that he is. It is so bizarre that you can fall in love so much with a ball player because he's so great, but it almost seemed like he couldn't even enjoy a lot of his success. And that's the one thing that I look back on Bonds. And uh, when he was with Miami as a coach, uh, he he started off very endearing and a lot of people liked him. And then very quickly it became the same Barry Bonds that we've known for all of these years, you know, sort of thinking he was self-entitled. And um, look, there was a reason why he was only the coach uh, of the Marlins for one year. And it wasn't because he did such a great job that he wanted to just stop and retire. It's, it was because they wouldn't have him back. And that's uh, and it's unfortunate. And I at least hope he gets another opportunity to do something in baseball. Uh, hopefully it is with the San Francisco Giants because, honestly, that's where he should be. Okay, we got Dan Strafford coming up next with our Sports Grid update. Then Joe and I come back. And guess what? It's opening day, so we're going to cover it all. Every single Major League Baseball game that is on the schedule today. We're going to tell you what the line is over at FanDuel. We're going to give you our opinions on the game, and we're going to hear from the players playing in the game right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Two Major League Baseball games are in the books in this crazy sprint to 60 games. The Yankees won a rain-shortened contest over the Washington Nationals 4-1. Garrett Cole with the win there. Giancarlo Stanton hit the first home run of the year. That came off Max Scherzer. The Dodgers used a five-run seventh inning to take the lead over the San Francisco Giants en route to a 8-1 win. Kiki Hernandez had five RBIs in the victory. Clinton Kershaw scratched before he could even toe the rubber in the regular season. The dominant lefty hits the injured list with a sore back, Dustin May got the nod instead for L.A. A full schedule of games today, beginning with the Mets and Braves playing at 4 p.m. Eastern. The Braves placed left-handed pitcher Cole Hamels on the 45-day injured list with left triceps tendonitis. Major League Baseball and the MLBPA agreed Thursday just before the start of the season to expand the playoffs to 16 teams for the 2020 season. All second-place teams in the six divisions will now qualify for the playoffs. The seventh and eighth teams in each league will be chosen by best record. The first round of the playoffs scheduled for September 29th through October 2nd in each league will be 4-3 game series with all games played at the higher seeds home stadium. The rest of the rounds will be their customary length. In the NFL, according to a report from ESPN's Dan Graziano, Thursday night NFL Players Association team player representatives are scheduled to convene a conference call at some point this morning as the players work to finalize an agreement with team owners 
on the rules and finances of the 2020 NFL season. Graziano's sources said the negotiations were still ongoing on Thursday night around three key points. Rules for the training camp acclimation period, procedures via which players could opt out of the season for coronavirus-related reasons, and what would happen to the contract of those who do, and how to handle the league's long-term finances and salary caps of future years in the wake of projected 2020 revenue loss as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. And effective Thursday, Washington will call itself the Washington football team pending the adoption of a new name. This is not the final renaming or rebranding of the team, but just a stopgap until they make that move. They hope to have everything moved over in the next 50 days before their first game against the Eagles in September. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. We got you until 2 o'clock on the East, and uh, we're going to cover every game in Major League Baseball today. But before we take any step further, a little bit of breaking news today. John Heyman of MLB Network reports that the Toronto Blue Jays are going to uh, play their games. And Dan Connolly also reported this as well. Uh, in Buffalo in 2020, so they do have a home. It will be the minor league ballpark that they will play in. Uh, The issues that they have, as we discussed yesterday here on the show, is that the lighting is not sufficient enough to have these games being played in Buffalo right now. Uh, But Cuomo and other people are now involved in this, and apparently they are going to be upgrading the lighting uh, over the next 24 hours here to get lighting in and they'll play those games in Buffalo. And honestly, uh, Joe, I think that this is the best idea for the Blue Jays. It is a place that is their affiliate. It is close to a major league environment. It will not be fantastic in the visiting clubhouse for major league teams. I can assure you of that. I've been in minor league clubhouses. It will not be fun. But uh, this season is not going to be fun in some ways. And I am just happy that the Blue Jays at least will have some of their facilities that they're able to use, have some familiarity. This was the this is what I thought made sense from the very beginning, as opposed to them having to be uh, road warriors the, the whole season. So I feel a little bit better about the Blue Jays' chances now with seeing this right now. Yes, this is what it should have always been. And we could solve lighting issues, can't we? Can't we figure that out? I mean, let's get some glow sticks, crack them open, put around the players next, and let's just go. Like, however, when you get some pickup trucks and some generators, I mean, we've seen those commercials, right? We've seen all those things like, well, you know, you just drive the Chevy up there with the pickup truck and you open it up and you and you turn on the big floodlights and then everyone can play ball like that. There's all kinds of things we could do. Let's just get some baseball. And, yeah, okay, maybe the the visiting clubhouse isn't great, but everyone's still getting paid, right? So everyone's still getting paid. It's a few games you're going to play there. You grin and bear it. You figure it out. It'll be all right. We'll all get through this together. You're playing baseball. Just go play baseball. That's what we need to do here. And, yes, it's great for Buffalo and that uh, opportunity there to, to get them there. And it's definitely better than sharing another ballpark with somebody else. And here we go, back to square one where we started. Isn't that ironic? Yeah, it's it's really good for them too. The proximity, although it is a longer bus drive, certainly the proximity to uh, playing the Yankees and Mets, who they both will play, I think, ten times. Uh, yeah, they'll have to they'll have to bus it, but it's it's a much better reality than having to play, I think, in somebody else's ballpark. The only thing that we could be certain of, and they're not worrying about it right now, but they will have to, is if by some reason the Blue Jays end up having a historical season. Uh, the World Series will not be played in, in in that park in Buffalo. I can assure you of that. They're going to have to move it somewhere else. Maybe at that point, Toronto will say, okay. But 
Uh, a story will leave for two months from now as opposed to now. All right, let's get started, folks. We got opening day coming up here in just a couple of hours. And the first game on the schedule is the Atlanta Braves taking on the New York Mets. And this is how it's all going to start at 410 Eastern today. Uh, right now, the Mets on FanDuel are about a buck and a half favorite. So that's pretty significant. Although you will see there are a lot of home favorites in the games today. As there probably should be. There's a lot of comfort there playing at home in a situation that we're having right now. The total is pretty low. It's sitting at seven. Mike Soroka will make his first opening day start for the Atlanta Braves. And Jacob DeGrom, unless we hear something in the next hour, is going to start for the New York Mets. And Joe, I, I think that is a pretty solid marquee game and a game that if it was opening day and there were 162, we'd look at it and say, wow, great game. But, you know, it's one of 162. But it's a key division game. On July 24th, that's the only way that I look at it. It's a pretty big game for them. It's a huge game. Uh, this is my argument for the 60-game tournament, the 100-game regular season. All of a sudden, you pivot to this 60-game format where you're playing in divisions, and basically it's a tournament that gets you to the World Series when all is said and done. But looking at this line and taking into account DeGrom's health, uh, how long he could actually pitch in this game, Edwin Diaz, who blew a ton of saves last year, had an ERA over five. There's a lot of questions here. I don't know about you, Craig, but I'm really feeling that plus 130 on this side of the game. And maybe it's just a loser Met fan in me talking. But when I look at this, I think the brave side of this one is far more intriguing from the wagering aspect. Uh, the Mets here having to lay 150 to 100. I don't know if that makes sense to me with all things considered. DeGrom really was never supported very well in run support. Wins are always hard to come by for him. And the Mets are the Mets. Uh, you know, I don't love Cespedes as the DH. I've already said that I think he's done from watching him over the last weekend. And uh, I don't know, man. To me, it feels like the Braves is some easy money there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I would be more interested in, in the total. And again, as I've discussed yesterday on the show, I'm, I'm going to be pretty solid on uh, on unders to start the season. And I know that didn't play out that way last night because the bullpen for the Giants certainly gave up uh, a lot of runs. But I, I think that the two starters will have a lot of success in this one. Uh, I could actually land on the number here, but my lean would be a little bit toward the under. Uh, Brody Van Wagenen is the general manager of the New York Mets, and the Mets have had all kinds of issues in the back end of their bullpen last year. And right now, uh, Brody was asked who potentially will be their closer. Will it be Familia? Will it be Edwin Diaz? And thought maybe at this point, could be both. That's a fair question. I would go back to what I said earlier to you know regarding Jimenez. And Steve's question about sort of what our what our purpose here is to win every single game, and we recognize the you know the priority of and the importance of each of these games. So Louis is going to be able to utilize these guys in the right situation at the right moment based on the right availability in the matchups. So um, we're going to try to keep away from defined roles, but we've got confidence in Diaz. He's done it. He's been uh, he's accomplished it at this level. And he's pitching with great confidence. I know you all saw it in his last outing. Familia has been, you know, a completely different pitcher in uh, in the summer camp than what he was last year. And the work that these two guys have put in has paid off. And I would put Dellen Betances in that same conversation. You know, all three of these guys had a lot of work to prepare themselves to get them to this point. And I know we've got confidence in all of these guys to pitch in the highest leverage situations there are. Well, Joe, no real endorsement on Diaz, but I would guess he'll get the first crack at the first save, and if he completes it, then maybe he gets the most opportunities. But I just don't think that he can blow two saves and keep the job this year. 
No, you're probably right. And look, the upside for the bullpen's there with Diaz to bounce back because he's so young. With Batanzas on a one-year deal, uh, they've got a lot of really good arms in there. And who knows? Maybe you do get a good season out of Familia. But there's a lot of ifs we just talked about. And I'll tell you what. I'm looking at the Braves, and I'm looking at the Mets, and I just think the Braves are a better team. And I know DeGrom's going out there, and I know people will look at that and shy away from it. But I think you hammer the other end of this in that Braves side at plus 130 tonight. All right, the uh, next game on our board today is the Tigers and Reds. The Reds are a pretty significant favorite on opening day, and it certainly hasn't been like that in a long time, but they're playing the Tigers here in, in an interleague matchup. Uh, the total is 8.5, and, and Matthew Boyd will make the opening day start for the Tigers, and Sonny Gray will start for the Cincinnati Reds. And, Joe, there's a lot of really high expectations on the Reds this season. They're basically going into a year adding Nick Castellanos, a significant uh, outfielder, adding Mike Moustakis, a pitching staff that is relatively healthy, although they lost Disclafani for a period of time on on Wednesday. So uh, I would think that the Reds are in really good shape to start the season. Anything can uh, happen on opening day, and so uh, I'm usually a dog better on opening day in this case. But... Uh, uh, it, it, overall, I think the Reds are in a much better position than the Tigers are heading into the season. Yeah, there's not a lot of games where we're going to be saying, oh, let's get the Tigers tonight. Let's put all the money on the Tigers. That looks great. Uh, their best chance to win is Boyd because Boyd's a guy that can go out there and drop a 10-strikeout game on you. He's got that kind of stuff. He's got that kind of arm. Uh, look, it's going to be a long year for the Detroit Tigers, but at least the pipeline looks better than some other organizations. So uh, looking at tonight's game, it's hard not to like the Reds in this one. Uh, Sonny Gray has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, since he got over to Cincinnati. There's no doubt about that. The the numbers do not lie, and the underlying numbers do not lie others. So, you know, when you're looking for warts or looking for uh, maybe he's not as good as he should have been, you know what? Sorry, like I can't find it anywhere when I go back and look at 2019 Sunny Gray numbers. So for me, it looks like the Reds tonight, but I don't know if you want to get involved in this line. Do you like the, the 174, Craig? No, I would never. I would never lay that in a game. It doesn't make sense. A run, minus a run and a half, perhaps. But again, crazy things happen on opening day, and it is a crazy opening day for a lot of teams, including the Reds. And their manager David Bell is just sort of getting used to this new normal, but seems to feel pretty confident that the Reds are in good shape. Um, it's it's kind of like embracing um, the uncertainty, you know, embracing the the uncomfort of of not really knowing. You know, we. Uh, there's something great about that, you know, and, and being able to maintain focus and, you know, keep your eye on what, what's most important. Um, so it's a great challenge, but um, all we can do is prepare ourselves and that part of it, we feel great, you know, going into it, we feel like we've done every, everything we can. Try to think of everything, and there's been a lot. There has been... Um, a lot to think about, a lot, of, a lot to consider, um, a lot of just trying to respond to situations and um, things that we've never been a part of. So hopefully we'll all be, become stronger, and, and um, I'm sure the next three weeks will we'll bring out the, you know, I believe the best in all of us. Yeah, and, and I am really curious on this game today, Joe, not as much from a betting perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, because anytime you're getting the first opportunity to see a, play, a player you've never seen play, I think you want to watch that. And so Shogo Akiyama is going to make his Reds debut. And to be honest with you, that is probably my main focus today. I want to see this guy play. 
Yeah, I agree. It's going to be very exciting seeing exciting to see Cassianos and Mustakas as well. And I never realized that David Bell kind of looks like the love child of Kurt Russell and Randy Orton from WWE. I, I just I can't help but looking at him. That's exactly what he looks like. It's kind of funny. And uh, yes, it's going to be very exciting. Even though David Bell didn't look excited, I'm excited to see the Reds. Yeah, he's actually the love child of Buddy Bell and Buddy Bell's wife. If we're yeah, being... yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but that's not funny, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I well, I don't I don't think Randy Orton's funny either. So there you go. All right. Uh, MLB opening day: Blue Jays and Rays, Tropicana Field, Toronto Blue Jays against Tampa Bay in a park called Tropicana Field. If you've never been there in St. Petersburg, the total is seven in this game, and the starters for the Blue Jays, uh, the, for the Blue Jays is Hunjin Ryu, who makes his first career start for the I guess Buffalo Blue Jays at this point. And Joe Charlie Morton makes what could be his last opening day start for the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays are a significant favorite tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's uh, good to go with the favorite here in Morton. Uh, I think he's going to finish his career strong and get them off to a good start this year. All right. With that, we will take a quick timeout on Fantasy Sports today. When we come back, we'll preview the Phillies and Marlins, Brewers and Cubs, and the rest of the games. You're watching Fantasy Sports today on SportsGrid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish along with Joe Pizzapia. Happy opening day to all of you. Hopefully you enjoyed the two games last night. Wouldn't you know, Mookie Betts only needs about 500 more home runs to get paid off for all those millions of dollars that he's <laughs> going to get paid. He hit one in his first game with the Dodgers yesterday. Welcome back to the show. At Craig Mish on Twitter, at Joe Pizzapia. 17, this is Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. A little bit later on uh, at Citizens Bank Park, under the lights, and the good lights, Joe, the Miami Marlins will be taking on the Philadelphia Phillies. We don't show odds or lines for the Marlins because I cover them on a daily basis. And for those of you who don't know, we established that at the start of the season. But we're happy to go over the game and certainly talk about it like we're going to do with every game in Major League Baseball. Uh, the Marlins will throw Sandy Alcantara on the mound, Joe. And he was somebody in the second half of the season that was virtually as good as any National League pitcher in baseball. He was fantastic. Uh, Aaron Nola uh, had definitely very much an up-and-down season for Philadelphia. This is a division game again, so the magnitude is huge, considering that a couple of teams in each division are probably going to make the postseason this year. Um, Look, Philly wants to get off to a good start. Joe Girardi is their manager. The Marlins are in year three of this build or this rebuild. There's a lot of incentive, I think, for both teams. And I I think a little bit more of a magnified opening day for both of these franchises today. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that, and um, certainly a little bit more expeditious for the Phillies. Uh, looking at the daily fantasy ramifications of this one, too, you got some almost min-salary Jay Bruce sitting in the middle of this order, a lefty-righty matchup there for him. Uh, but this one's kind of tough for me to really get into tonight because, you know, Akatero's got a good fastball, and he's capable of rattling off some competitive innings. So from a DFS point of view, I'm looking at this game, and I'm kind of just shied away. I talked about it on my podcast this morning. Uh, however, I think in terms of your regular fantasy and your wagering, uh, it's clear that the Phillies would be the favorite 
favorite in this game whenever you got your ace on the hill and your ace is better than the other team's ace and you're in your own ballpark. So understanding the lean towards the Phillies certainly makes sense today. Uh, but from even like a DFS point of view, this is not a game where I'm really excited about the total, excited about the expectations. Now, look, that could go the other way. We always know that's baseball, but I think there's a lot of other things to get excited about outside of this game tonight in the DFS world and in the wagering world as well. And there may be an exciting game today at Wrigley Field as the Cubs open up their 2020 season with a brand-new manager. Joe Madden is gone. David Ross is now the skipper. And of all the games on the board today, ironically, there aren't very many with odds in the minus 110, 20, 30, 40 range. And this is one of them. So not a huge lean on the FanDuel Sportsbook with the Cubs being minus 130. And the total is eight and a half. Brandon Woodruff, with the great second half last year, earned the opening day start for the Milwaukee Brewers. The manager, Craig Council, said he was their opening day starter, dealing all the way back to October. Well, I mean, I guess we're learning about that in the last week. That's fine. Uh, Kyle Hendricks will make his opening day start for the Chicago Cubs. And, Joe, it's sort of a watershed moment, I think, for both teams. We're not really sure what to expect. The Brewers appear to be exactly who they have been in the past. And with Woodruff and Burns at the top of that rotation, I think in both fantasy or reality, those are two pitchers to target for sure. But when the Cubs are right, Joe, and they have Bryant and they have Baez and they have Contreras and they have Anthony Rizzo at first base, this is a really talented team. And maybe some people are sleeping on them, but certainly put, it looks like a toss-up tonight, more or less, at Wrigley Field. It kind of does, but I'll tell you what. I think I've got a very strong opinion on this one, and it's the Woodruff and the Brewers side. Uh, I'm just tired of being fooled over and over and over again by the Brewers, be thinking that they can't compete with these other teams, and they can. Every year, the last two years, they're in the playoffs, and the Cubs are kind of, you know, uh, sometimes on the outside looking in here at teams like the Brewers. And I got to tell you, I think Woodruff tonight is a fantastic choice on the DFS side. I also think looking at the the wagering here side of this, I think there's always that lean because it's the Cubs, because they're at home, because they have a big fan base. But let's be honest, the Brewers have really been the better team than the Cubs the last two years. And it's kind of crazy to say, because you rattle off all these stars in the Cubs, you rattle off Baez and Rizzo and Brian, and it goes on and on and on. But the problem is they haven't been able to equate all of that into enough wins to really make a difference. And look, it's a short season. Things are going to get crazy. I love Woodruff tonight. I don't think Woodruff gets enough credit how good he was last year. He had that injury in the middle of the season kind of derailed a little bit. But then he came back and he was the same exact guy of when he left before the injury. And that's really exciting stuff. And I'm looking at Woodruff tonight. I'm looking at the Brewers being uh, the sign of that coin that I'd like to be on, to be frank. I I think that that is the better side of this one to be on. Kyle Hendricks is a good pitcher. I'm not trying to knock him at all. Yeah, this could be a very competitive game, but I'm going to lean with the Brewers. I'm going to lean with Woodruff. And Woodruff, I think, is a great contrarian play tonight over on the DFS side because a lot of people will automatically see the Cubs and shy away from it. I think the ownership is going to be very low tonight on him. Yeah, ironically, one of the higher totals on the board tonight, too. So it would sort of indicate that maybe there will be mm-hmm. nine or ten runs scored, which would mean bad starts for both of these guys tonight. But certainly it's just a line that FanDuel has out there. You can choose whatever you want by going over to the FanDuel Sportsbook and signing up and taking a look at all of tonight's opening day games in Major League Baseball. Uh, Christian Yelich finally got off the schneid a couple of days ago, hit his first summer camp home run at Miller Park. It took a little bit. Uh, Funny that we heard from Bob Uecker on the show yesterday, and Yelich was asked about his struggles in the early part of summer camp 2.0. Doing my best Bob Uecker impression. He wasn't there, so 
um, we had to make sure that he was able to to be a part of that somehow. So I took it upon myself to to try and reenact some of his abs. And um, <laughs> but the last couple of days, we finally started feeling a little bit better and uh, made progress. I felt like every day the results really weren't there, but the the comfort level was starting to come back. And um, hopefully, we uh, we got it figured out before uh, opening day. And uh, the Homer made it there right at the buzzer. Yeah, Joe, Yelich uh, would have seemed to be, and probably still is, one of the safer top five picks in fantasy this season, COVID-related issues aside. I, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, right. But, you know, the reporters who covered the Brewers certainly felt that he didn't look right. Maybe now he is on the right track. But when you were talking about the previous top five, you could include Yelich coming off an injury. You could include Trout, who could potentially leave the team. And then all of a sudden, you're scrambling, looking around and saying, my gosh, how far is Acuna above everybody else and that's the way i saw it going into the fantasy draft season but i was very very i would say optimistic to see yelich sort of come out of that a little bit over the last couple of days and now when the lights go on at wrigley we'll see if that meant something well you could even throw in the freddie freeman thing into the mix with ronald acuna as well too i mean you take away that line of protection is acuna the same player necessarily and uh that's that's something you really have to ask yourself and acuna is great look everyone's a risk right now a uh, great Great take there from Christian Yelich, by the way. Fantastic. Uh, and and any of the reporters who thought that eight at-bats with the three strikeouts was something worthy to report of, oh, my goodness, we should start to panic, is got to be the dumbest thing I've seen. And we say a lot of things. I'm, I say a lot of dumb things on the show. I'm sure Craig will be the first to tell you. But let me tell you, that was absolutely stupid. Like, the overrating of eight at-bats just because he struck out a couple times in this season where it stopped and start and all these things. Who cares? Christian Yelich will show up. And look, and if he's bad for a week – it's not going to change my opinion of Christian Yelich. If he's bad for two weeks, it's not going to change my opinion of Christian Yelich, even though everything is hypersensitive. Let's not overreact to eight at-bats, because I think that's just going to be disaster across the board for all of us in this industry. No, I, I understand that. But again, two things. First of all, the reporters are there every day, and we're not. And they're seeing it and covering the team. And there are guys that cover the Brewers for the last 20 years, and I don't. That's the first thing. So I'll defer to them. And the second thing is, Christian Yelich hasn't had an at-bat in a major league game in a year. So there's something to be said for that. I can't just sit here and, and blanket and say, oh, yeah, he's guaranteed to be 100% back and good. If they're seeing something there, I want to make sure we acknowledge it and at least mention the fact that this is going on. So if it ends up being something that becomes an issue, we can at least go back and look and say, hey, maybe that has something to do with it. I am with you. He's a superstar. He's one of the best players in the league. He's just someone that I want to see in the first couple of weeks what the longest layoff for the top player in the league is because it's been almost a year since he's played. No spring training for him back in March either, so we'll see. You need more 10 uh, at-bats to uh, shake the dust off. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. I mean, geez, can we give the guy 10 at-bats to shake the dust off from the year (laughs) between? (laughs) Maybe maybe so. Maybe so. I I, I don't know the answer, but we're going to find out. That's what I love about the season. All right, opening day at Progressive Field in Cleveland is tonight. Wow, this is a huge favorite for opening day on the board. The Indians are minus 215 against the Kansas City Royals. The total is 8.5 in the game. Shane Bieber is the new ace of the Indians. He sort of emerged as that last year. You probably would have thought of four other guys that would have been the ace of the Indians before you would have went with Bieber. Uh, The Royals would have started Brad Keller, Joe, on opening day, but unfortunately he's on the 10-day injured list, so Danny Duffy gets the start here. Uh, I think the Indians are too big of a favorite here. I don't think that the line should ever be this high in an opening day situation, especially you're not talking about the Yankees or the Dodgers here. Indians are good. Don't get me wrong. 
But I, I mean, I, I, I don't like laying minus 215, and I certainly don't like laying minus 215 on an opening day situation. So um, I do think it'll be a more competitive game than people think. It's really hard to make a case in the season for the Royals. But I think that plus 180s, plus 190s are so juicy to start the season, um, especially when anything can happen in one game, first game of the year. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think from a wagering standpoint, you should have pause with this one. I think you absolutely nailed it. Uh, and the fantasy side of this one, let me tell you, uh, Bieber is the good chalk tonight. You talk about good chalk and bad chalk. This is the good chalk. No Hunter Dozier in the lineup. The lineup's very thin at the bottom. Uh, the, the bullpen here is not good. There's a good chance you're going to get into the bullpen quicker than you realize in this game. And uh, some really good guys on the Indians, too. you got a great kind of stack you could do in the middle there. Uh, Framiel Reyes is just 2.7K on FanDuel. Uh, Jordan Luplo is under 3K as well. This is a really good situation for him against the lefty. Uh, you can even go with Carl Santana and just go straight three in a row in this lineup with the Indians tonight over on FanDuel side. And just go your Bieber in Indian stack and cash games. And I think that is a really interesting play uh, from the wagering side. I'm not looking at this one either. I'm with you. I think this is not necessarily the best way to make money, but I will tell you this from the DFS side of things on FanDuel, the good chalk is Bieber. Get your Indian stack. I think this is a really good situation. See the totals eight and a half there. Uh, I think the Indians are going to rake and Fran, I think is in a great spot here in the middle of this order tonight to really make some boom. Yeah, and the Royals are really in an interesting predicament. You mentioned their lineup, and a couple of days ago we talked about how improved the bottom of their lineup is maybe with McBroom and, and Nicky Lopez. But, uh, you know, they, they basically only have one or two guys that are a serious threat to hit one out. And because of that, their hope is is that guys like Mondesi and Merrifield are on base when Solaire comes up. But if so, and, and look, Solaire showed last year that he was finally the player who we thought he would be with hitting almost 50 home runs. Uh, they are up against it, no question, in Cleveland tonight. And I would I would not be concerned with Kansas City tonight. The adrenaline will be there, and I think all players are just itching to get back on the field. But when reality sets in for Cleveland in a couple of days, if on opening day they're already a plus 200, what is this team <laughs> going to be in a week or two? They're going to they're going to be a uh, just a massive underdog in almost every game they played this season, whether it is at home or even on the road. That's the way that I see the Royals this season. All right, coming up next, we dive into some other issues going around in sports. Of course, uh, there's a player on the Jets who wants out just so very badly that he's willing to throw his coach under the bus. This should not come as a big shock. We'll have that story coming up next. A key player in the NBA is leaving to uh, attend to a family emergency, and we've certainly seen this in the past as well. And uh, the latest the Toronto Blue Jays, who finally have a home. And they're going to be playing, as we mentioned earlier, in Buffalo, New York, which is their minor league affiliate. How will they possibly get new stadium lights in time to this stadium to play on opening day? What will this game? I mean, you thought that it was weird to not have fans? A minor league stadium to be played on national television, which is essentially what every major league baseball game is going to be this I can't even imagine how that is going to look. So we'll have that and a whole lot more as we roll on here on Sports Grid. Also, don't forget, coming up a little bit later, Scott Farrell going coast to coast, giving you the latest on Major League Baseball from a betting perspective. Who are the really good picks tonight? Make sure you tune into his show as well. Joe and I will be back in just a couple of minutes right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. So don't go away. Thank you. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe back here with you. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll recap uh, the top stories in sports, in baseball, and everywhere else. We'll get back to our full baseball discussion. We also have lineups in, four lineups for two of the games today, and a couple uh, different surprises. I guess the designated hitter has really uh, forced teams to sort of change their view and their strategy a little bit. A couple of surprises, I think. We'll go over those in just a minute. Uh, more controversy, Joe, though, for the Jets. I don't think this should come as a huge surprise. Jamal Adams basically saying that Adam Gase, quote, isn't the right leader for the Jets. And I suppose this is what you do if you want to trade. You say these sort of things. Uh, and, and it worked in the past in Miami, by the way, because when people would say things about Adam Gase, he ended up trading <laughs> players. Some, some worked out in his favor, by the way, in Miami for making those trades. And, of course, uh, probably some did not, too. Uh, I, I don't know how the Jets resolve this one, Joe, given everything that's going on, but Adams clearly went from saying that he wanted to be a Jet a few months ago to softening on that, to hardening on a trade, and now he's right back to wanting a trade again. So I think that's where we're at. Yeah, and uh, I think he's right. First of all, I, I, I'll just put that out there. I think he's actually right about his evaluation of the coach, and I think a lot of Jet fans might uh, actually agree with him. Uh, however, if you are looking to get a new address, this is definitely the way to do it. And Jamal Adams is a fantastic player. Like, it would just pause for a moment and talk about how good he is and how much he could help a team that is on the precipice of winning. So just keep an eye out for whoever he does land. And I hope for his sake he lands somewhere else because it does not seem like him and the Jets is a good marriage. Yep. And uh, also when we open up the NBA season coming up next week, got to keep on an eye on all these players who – are going to be on the court and some that are not. Of course, the report earlier this week is that no NBA players tested positive for COVID. So certainly in your DFS lineups and any kind of season-long lineups, it looks like we're okay. But Austin Rivers of the Houston Rockets ended up leaving their club for a family emergency. And because of the rules in the NBA, he's going to have to sit out a period of time. So there's a chance that he would not be around for the first couple of games of this restart in the NBA in Orlando. So those of you who uh, have any interest in the Rockets or any interest in Rivers in particular from any sort of daily fantasy perspective, which probably wouldn't be much. Just keep an eye on that as the season gets ready to restart. We'll be back with the latest in the lineups in baseball and the latest in the day in sports right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 